Good morning, everybody. This is the Hangover Podcast. I'm sitting at 310 North Clark with CJ Duffy. This is Josh Reynolds. Hangover Podcast is very simple. It's the uh, it's a student or staff who's had a reaction to uh, the encounter sermon from the night before or this past weekend. So Acts chapter 1, sit with CJ, and we connected Thursday evening late. And he said, hey, I want to talk about this. Some of the things I was thinking, I say, great. The Hangover Podcast Part One. <laughs> so here we are. Good morning. Yeah, happy to be on the inaugural showing <laughs> out of this, but I guess I'll jump right into it. Uh, the The primary thing that I guess I completely ran with with this one to eleven section was, as I was telling Josh beforehand, just how it was written. Uh, and the mm-hmm. confidence in which Luke went into his writing scheme here. And that's seen clearly in, in verse 1 when he's writing to his good old pal. And the statement of, I have, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach is a, a pretty bold statement, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really comforting to imagine you're opening up this little packet or whatever he sent. I don't know if he smacked a stamp on it or what. Um, but he's opening it up, and, and he's going to be excited for this next installment of what's to come beyond uh, just Jesus walking. It's, it's, it's not stating at the very beginning of Acts that I'm going to talk about this, but it's saying, I, I, do, I, dwell, <laughs> I dealt with all that Jesus did, and then this is applicable and pertinent to moving forward in his story. It doesn't separate those two. So these men are kind of carrying forward that uh, legacy out into this place and beyond. Uh, and speaking of... Oh, no, wait. I'm, I'm jumping too quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, the very first thing, and I want to hear like thoughts on it, was I'm, I'm reading in verse 3, and I, see, I, I read this. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. Hmm appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. The second I heard 40 days, my mind immediately went to 40 days where he's out in the wilderness, like in in temptation. It was immediately where it went. And eventually I got to the point from this section of a a clear perception on why this is mentioned in the... uh, clear difference that the temptation in which he faced in the previous 40 days and being separated mm-hmm. and then the 40 days in which he is spending now with these guys he spent so many so many hours with just before he leaves and, and says yo I'll be back <laughs> you know essentially <laughs> so I guess I wanted before I fully elaborate what I saw I wanted to just ask if you had keyed in on that or if, if you did thoughts on that yeah so so 40 days is a trigger word right oh yeah and so um in the sermon we talked about mark chapter one which was john the baptist preparing the way um mark chapter one starting in verse nine is uh immediately post baptism the heavens are torn open one of my favorite lines in all scripture and a voice saying, you're my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And then verse 12 says, at once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness 
for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals and the angels attended him. Yeah, so so the idea of 40 again and again and again is is testing. Um, you got the got the Israelites making laps out in the wilderness for 40 years. You got Jesus uh, for 40 days. So yes, I think um, as soon as I hear 40 in Acts, I think immediately I'm looking for what is the test. And I think that's in direct connection with... Uh, they're testing him to see if he's real. Mm. So 40 days is a period of, um, of appearing. And there's all kinds of cross-references to that appearance post-death. Mm. Luke's got the Emmaus Road. That's 24. Uh, John's got the reinstatement of Peter and, and all the fishing moments. Uh, Matthew's got his own. That's the... Um, let's just jump to Matthew 28. Oh uh, yeah, was the doubting Thomas space I think. Um, so, yeah, all the lots of gospel writers identify it. But yeah, when I see forty, I'm mm-hmm. going trigger word into testing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. When you had read that uh, scripture from Matthew one, mm-hmm. it was talking about how the Spirit had sent him, and then the word that Luke had used when he's talking about this story of the temptation of Jesus. He wasn't talking about being sent. He says, in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, uh, which just shows, I guess, the direct nature in which Jesus was just so... Like, the Spirit was such a big part of these first few chapters in Luke, Mm -hmm. and essentially how it's leapfrogging around between wombs uh, (laughs) of these people (laughs) and whatever else. Um, And Jesus is... (laughs) Like, Jesus was so full of the Holy Spirit that when, you know, John's mom pulls up, he leaps because of the contact of the women in which they're carrying both of these men. Yes. That's how strong the Spirit is in that moment. That's an amazing connection. I love that. Um, Yeah, I think I I did like a drop-in reference for... Uh, John the Baptist being the cousin of Jesus and Elizabeth being like the aunt. Uh, one of the reasons for the Hangover podcast is there's so much content in study that never makes it out loud. Uh, I had a, a friend who helped me learn how to be a good pastor, a good preacher uh, named Craig. And he said, he said, Josh, of your material and sometimes 70% of your stuff is not going to make it on Sunday morning because you, you have to find as a teacher, the, the place where the spirit's moving you. And so you always have to be attending to what your heart is stirring towards, but you also have to be attending to what the spirit is doing in the room as listeners, as listeners are, are there with you. And so he said, your sermon only gets to stay in those two rails. What you're coming alive to and what the room needs to hear. And it's the same thing as the, the spirit touching spirit idea. Uh, Craig said, he said, so don't take it personally when you find cool stuff in the Bible that you never get to talk about. <laughs> but I love how you just connected. It's the exact same thing. It's so spirit led and it's so tight. Yeah. That's awesome. Good point. Yeah. Um... So my, I guess just to continue my thought on um, the forty days and to wrap that up. Not that I have to 
book you through it. But um, so in in four, it then goes on to say that and while staying with them, or it, it mm-hmm. describes it as eating with them, which I just love that that's in and of itself a, a comparison. Just yeah. the act of eating with people. We we speak about that at CSF. Uh, a lot and what that can do mm-hmm. um, but he orders them not to depart from Jerusalem and they're probably immediately thinking as as to why possibly um, but uh, it, it, he's he's just assuring them and saying you know wait for the promise mm-hmm. of the father the, the father is in me I, I'm, I'm your connect mm-hmm. you're gonna get a new connect we're getting all these like different ways in which uh, you are linked to each other and, and, and to us uh, as, as a trinity, I mm-hmm. guess if you want to call it as that. Um, and and you went on to describe the John being baptized mm-hmm. with water, with the Holy Spirit. Um, but essentially, I saw it as don't depart. I'm, I stayed with you this time in Jerusalem because uh, I didn't want you to be al- like alone as I was in my 40 days. Uh so Ooh. I'm going to have you stay here in Jerusalem, but I stayed with you for the vast majority of this time. Um, there's going to be that like few day overlap. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure on how yeah. long that is, but he stayed with them so much of that time because in the 40 days, he's making it directly opposite of the 40 days that he spent. Yeah. So, so he was full of the Holy Spirit in the wilderness during his 40, but they don't yet have it fully for themselves. And so... The representation of the spirit is in Jesus, and yeah. so He is that person yeah. of spirit with them. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Essentially, <laughs> that's cool. So yeah, and so He sticks with them, and there's that part of it of they're experiencing the like fullness of the Holy Spirit uh, in the forty days, and they're in a you know a dangerous situation here in being in Jerusalem, or just <laughs> the fact that they're identifying that. Sure. So you could you could state that there's a threat to it, but it's so, it's it's such a more uh, potent or positive experience I would imagine than when Jesus was out being tempted, and that's important that Jesus went out to be tempted. I guess my statement isn't that that is mm-hmm. an, a negative, but more so that Jesus is like you. You don't have to have that. I'm gonna spend this this last time with you, eating with you, like breaking bread with yeah. you. Uh, you know the constant like I'm the bread of life. I'm gonna share in that mm-hmm. with you in a positive experiences of you finally grasping what the spirit is yeah. in your life. And that's super good. So go back to go back to the Jerusalem thought that staying in Jerusalem has an inherent risk and also it doesn't have the temptation that Jesus would have faced. Mm. I'm, I, 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 I'm missing on the the second part of that, but I'll I'll start on the first and then let you yeah hear what you say with staying in Jerusalem, um, and it states this later on. A big part of what I keyed in from six to eleven, which I'll get to in mm-hmm. just a touch, was the location of all of this happening. So uh, within Jerusalem itself, there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, I, I could imagine, or mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's popping uh, a little bit, but they're not, none of these guys, I know, I think all of them are from Galilee except for Judas Iscariot, who's not in the picture right now. Mm-hmm. Um, literally. Yeah. Uh, so all these guys are from Galilee. This isn't the hometown. So it's right. all, 
already not like the most comfortable. Right. You know, Jesus multiple times talks about Jer- Jerusalem being this city that uh, is the one that's going to persecute and uh, in, in that such. So it's been stated that, or that they like kill the prophets and yeah. it's been stated on that, but that's the place in which they choose to stay. And, and I don't have like an immediate big thought on that, but I guess m- my reasoning would be they're staying in the place that Jesus made it full mm-hmm. or made it complete. And that just allows them to see how comfortable Jesus is in this new body mm-hmm. in staying with them cool. uh, and kind of comforting them even in this place that they might have a negative perception of mm-hmm. and altering that mm-hmm. moving forward. Uh, but I, I, I yeah, I'm, that's cool. I like that. So here's the part that didn't make it into my sermon. I, the Jerusalem represents the presence of God because the temple's there. But then the note that I wrote was, but the temple's now, but the temple veil is now torn, and so stay in Jerusalem because this presence of God is ready to just flood, yeah. <laughs> and it will within ten days. Yeah. Like, and that's the. So it's a 40-day, then Jesus is rolling out here in 11, and it's about 10 days as these guys are just antsy, yeah. I gotta guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so then Pentecost comes. Yeah, that it does. The, the cool part of it is they're going out uh, and describing the ascension is at the very end of Luke, it doesn't state the destination here, mm-hmm. uh, but they go out to Bethany, and I looked this up, because I didn't, I knew it was like really close, but I didn't know exactly how close. So in between Jerusalem and Bethany is Mount of Olives, and from the Mount of Olives you can see both spots essentially, okay. uh, is what it said according to websites. I know the web can lie, but I assume that making stuff up on that that would be just cruel of them. Um, but essentially they went out. It says as far as Bethany, so they they walk out and they got you know people with them that are clear witnesses yeah. to this but the reason in which I looked at it is like why you know he he could have done it in Jerusalem that would have been a big action for people to see mm-hmm. uh, and it's not that he was hiding from somebody but all in Luke of any of the gospels we think John is just poetic and, and that's kind of the stance that's that's run throughout it and then Matthew and Mark you could say are more uh, oriented towards the Jews but Luke is most definitely as a gospel text so oriented to the outcast mm-hmm. and Bethany uh, again if I'm not mistaken is where a ton of those who were sick um, went went uh, and stayed at but beyond that in uh, the extension of Jesus ending and ascending there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a representation of being in a place where the outcast is and where you can't see the temple so you can't see it from bethany which is just past the mount of olives and you'd think they could go there but they don't they go just past so you can't see the temple but the place of bethany is where it all started in terms of jesus entering into the space of him going to the cross which is lazarus the the only other dude uh that was in in Bethany that he came back out of the tomb, but he didn't come back uh, looking uh, too hot. He was wrapped up in, right, in, in right. cloth and whatnot. He looked like he was straight out of the dead. 
and this is vastly different as Jesus came back and he was looking spectacular and he's going to leave looking spectacular. Yeah. Uh, So I, I found that to be just extremely powerful in that the location in which he takes them for this, uh, yeah, you know, for him to rise, uh, and, and say, you know, next time you, you see something so significant, you know, the time has come, uh, Mm. I guess that it was just really cool that it was in Bethany because it solidifies a lot of the messages that were set up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, John 12 is the Lazarus passage. Uh, that's awesome. Six days before Passover, that's where he's rolling back to. That's where uh, they're going to Simon the leper's house. That's where Jesus is going to be uh, anointed by the sinful woman for her for his burial. Um, yeah, all that is in Bethany. So that's definitely not his hometown, but it's home turf. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in my references, I mean, Bethany is everywhere through here. Yeah. The amount of times that they would be in Jerusalem and then at night just dip off to Bethany, huh. essentially. He liked to dwell in the space of the outcast. Uh, but it's just so important that the Lazarus... That connection is immediately what kicked it off. Yeah, um, it set the example. It showed that oh whoa, like that co- yeah, there it is. <laughs> Highlights all came up. For- yeah. <laughs> I have read this. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, super cool. I love the Bethany connect, and so that's coming out of not Acts one in, but it's directly out of uh, Luke twenty four. Luke twenty four. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look at that, and then because. Acts 12 is going to say so. They're coming to, they're going to return to Jerusalem mm-hmm. post-Bethany. Mm-hmm. Super cool. A day's walk from the city. Yeah. A Sabbath day's walk. Oof. That's about five-eighths of a mile or a kilometer. So it's only about a kilometer away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they, would, they, would, they would just go there at night. Yeah. So it's yeah. it close enough, clearly. Yeah. We'll, we'll head on out. Uh, All right. I don't know. Jump me down uh, into, man, specifically eight, I think, was uh, was one that you were feeling the idea of connecting the town with the, co- with the connecting community, with the connecting country, north thing, and then to the end of the earth. Like yeah. Um, Let's read it. Uh, this is uh, one eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So originally, when it's stated, again, these are men of Galilee, as stated in 11. It, it says, you're going to be my witnesses in all these places that aren't your stomping ground. And obviously we think into the earth, it's like, oh, that's that's... He, he gave him a bone at the end, like, they can go, they can go back to Cali. But uh, <laughs> these are uh, very distinct places of parts of his kingdom. But mm-hmm. we think that when Jesus locationally, again, had actually problems when he went to his hometown Mm -hmm. so i could honestly 
draw parts of that from what's stated here and that even when he would enter a town and they say oh stay most of them would grasp when he said i have to go other places jesus only had enough time for this one Hmm. to be one place at a time and so there was this struggle for some people that he had to move on and some of that was in general just that he had to move and then some of that was where he was moving to uh, was the problem so in this case I think there's parts of both in the preparation that he's giving to the disciples my tidbit would be that when it's it's like inside out again and i don't know where i'm necessarily drawing it from but he's he kind of kept circling around in 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 jesus's life Mm -hmm. around jerusalem going from the outside and then saying you know what i have to go to this place where the temple is to die Mm. but when i die the the ones i'm handing it off to a going back to the point of he was one person he could only be one spot at a time and now the spirit's coming in he's you know all places at all times Mm -hmm. so that's such a blessing we're we're gonna quickly say oh you know i wish i was in the time so i could see jesus and then i would know it to be true and you pose that question at the start like what would it take right but honestly i i can firmly say that I rejoice in the fact that I'm fine not being there because Mm -hmm. the spirit is in all places at all times and that's a huge blessing and what he's doing here with the disciples is kind of with 12 people kind of trying to do that Mm -hmm. almost in easing into the spirit arriving for all of these people all of God's people so he's working inside out, but he's, he brings them back to Jerusalem because that's where I my story ended, so that's where yours is going to start moving forward. Cool. Um, but you're going to work inside, back out again, uh, and, and bounce around with that. Now, in terms of the difference between Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, I know Jerusalem and Samaria are vastly different. Uh-huh. I don't know if there's any significance in the difference of Jerusalem and Judea that I can fully speak on, so if you have something on that per se mm-hmm. sure jerusalem is this is the city of david i mean it is it is legitimately uh in the old testament when the ark of the covenant would rock around it was led by a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke mm-hmm. but then once it was once it was stationary man and smoke would descend on it like clouds would envelop the ark and so it was the represent representation of the the deity the person of God you know coming in so that then got translated to the temple whenever Solomon um, finally built what David had set up because David had too much blood on his hands mm-hmm. <laughs> great little story there uh, and so Jerusalem now represents this exact same um, this exact same representation of the Ark of the Covenant but. It was the Holy of Holies, and that's why the veil torn is such a huge deal. So Jerusalem is a, is a place where you could meet God. Judea is the surrounding countryside where um, Jude, the tribe of Judah, um, and off the top of my head, I can't remember the second, can't remember the second tribe that rolled out uh, with David. 
Oh, well, First Kings 12 will give us that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's the storyline. That's why Jerusalem is distinct from Judea. One is a place and one is the surrounding countryside yeah. of, the, of the southern kingdom. Mm. And that's why Samaria is such a <gasps> gaspy word because that's the northern ten tribes yeah. kingdom yeah. that were formerly God's people who then intermarried and interreligioned and all the scary things. Um, you could almost see it as, now that you say that, we have the inner, the what is it, the innermost room? Yeah. And then we have the just inner room. Because uh-huh. there's there's the one that only one person goes in. You're saying here. of the temple. Of the temple. Representing uh, yeah, the, the countryside, the, the surrounding. Yeah. I really like that. But yeah. then uh, he goes to Samaria, and essentially him saying that is not even, it's like, oh, well, it's not even in the temple. It's just like the city itself. Oh, it's the Gentile course of There's this really cool thing. Yeah, you got the Holy Holies. You got this spot in the temple where uh, only the men could go to. And yeah. so that was like a priests and the men, they would do it. Then you had the, the women in the Gentile courts. Mm-hmm. So that might be Samaria, the Gentiles. Yeah. The it's it's out moving out. And then and the, the last one the earth would be yeah, this everything would be everything else. That's yeah, cool. you, you can just start moving your way uh, on out of there. Yeah. This is where I would drop a, a little nugget on why Jerusalem as the point. Um, there's a podcast that I really love called the Naked Bible Podcast. Uh, it's Dr. Michael Heiser and his commentary on on the Book of Acts has been really sweet for me to listen to, um, and he he has a very distinct why for Jerusalem, and so yeah, just a a nugget out there if you love if you love learning new things. Um, Dr. Michael Heiser, the Naked Bible Podcast. I'm gonna say I can find it real fast. Actually, it's um be an episode number. Uh, my guess is right here. Yeah, it's um starting in uh, episode thirty five. Uh, Heiser actually walks through the entire book of Acts in podcast form, uh, and so he's got a really a really great classification of why that was so valuable to be in Jerusalem so and I guarantee it's something you've never heard before mm. <laughs> I didn't preach on it yeah and I'm not saying that on the hangover podcast but I am saying uh, it's pretty incredible another extension and from the sermon exactly yeah. Uh, the the I guess the last yeah, huge point up, yeah. nugget I had was in eleven, as this the exit of it all. Yeah. Uh, it's like yo guys, why why are you looking looking up into heaven? It's gonna be so clear to you, uh, when he when he returns, like the same way you just saw him go and all that glory. He's going to come back. But when he comes back in all that glory, you're going to be, you know, it's, it's not going to be looking hot. And then you'll just be like, oh, yeah, this guy's back. And it'll just be this, like, epic moment. But going just beyond the the coolness of that and the power of that, it, I read 1 to 11 as this sense of torch bearing almost of... Mm-hmm. 
where we have, if we just think as if even John the Baptist carried it for a slight bit, which, which I'll argue that he did, as, as he at least bore the path, or at least pointed to, uh, he was like essentially the runner of the, the lighter, uh, or just like through the lighter Jesus away. But he's so low in the wilderness yes. doing his thing and saying, just pointing, just right. saying like, look over there, I'm, I'm shorting myself of my life, of my passions, because I'm pointing out uh, the guy that's going to have it. And when Jesus comes, he, when he's living uh, as flesh, he is is walking, and it's not quite yet. I don't know. I don't want to put this. There's there's like four four stages. So we have we have John, and he's pointing he's pointing to Jesus in his life, and Jesus is saying is essentially saying, okay, look for what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm about to pay for the sins. I'm about to pay for the sins. And he says that multiple times in Luke. It says he told it three times, and it, the spirit like. Blinded, blinded them so they, they couldn't see it. But eventually they say, oh, okay. So he, he dies, clears, you know, takes upon that sin, right? And then we have this next two bits. I mean, there's a brief tempt, like Jesus is with them for 40 days. Mm-hmm. But essentially then the torch is passed to the spirit. Yep. And the spirit is chilling, it's like comforting, being with the people, giving them direction. But he's saying... He's providing the number four. So number three is what's about to happen until you just you see again what you just saw and why you're looking up into the skies is because that's when I return and at that point you know that the bow is about to be tied oh. and everybody's coming back in. <laughs> so we had seen just from like the start of Luke until Acts one, this passing of this new new covenant torch until the the final whatever you want to call it, reconsolidation sure. period for sure. these people. So The garden. Yeah, the garden. The city. Yeah, the garden, the city. Man, that's, that's super cool. So I definitely, I felt uh, no pressure to, to unpack the, the verse 11. Um, but the he will come back is what you're touching on. There's this, uh, there's this, man, it's like, you know, the, the end has been the end of time and the pronouncement of, of the fullness of the kingdom. Like, where, there, where according to Revelation 21, there's no pain, there's no crying, there's no tears, like, that pronouncement has been made, and yet we are in the third handoff with the Spirit, bringing the kingdom about in our world. Mm-hmm. And yet, this is the promise of eleven that, yeah, there's an end game. Mm-hmm. End game is planned. It's, it's so long. It's there. It's vague to them. You know, I I'm not gonna the statement in John. Where it's like I'm not gonna speak in parables anymore. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then, uh, but the thing is, in when he says that, let's see, maybe I can flip to it real quick. Yeah. He says, you know, I'm not gonna work in parables anymore. And then he immediately tells them, uh, "What well, I've overcome the world." I think is the very next message. It's just something huge. There's this break in John where it just takes a 
four chapter deviation from uh, what is happening, and mm-hmm. then it's just like all of this. Oh, where is it? Do you did you search it or something? I can yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Maybe it's the sorrow into joy. Come on, it's right here. I'm looking at the page. But essentially, once we mm-hmm. hand this in. Uh, John 16. Is it John? What part of John 16? Look for 25, I think. 25. Yeah, it goes immediately into I have overcome. It's the very start of I have overcome the world. Yeah. He says, I'm not going to speak to you in in these like loft terms. Okay, I've overcome the world, and this is the plan. It's like a halftime speech, but it's not. It's better, you know? That's the that's that's cool. All right, so here's the passage. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. Mm. <laughs> so I'll, t- I'll tell you plainly. I've overcome the world. This is what's happening now. And we're going to move out, and Spirit's going to come in, and then I'm going to come back looking like I just left, and we'll be chilling. <laughs> His disciples are like, yeah, good, you're speaking clearly without figures of speech. We can see that you know all things. <laughs> this makes us believe you can come from God. And he's like, now? Now you believe? <laughs> oh. Good, I didn't validate myself by yeah. all the other things I told you. It's true. I love that though, because the aha for me from from last night is like, I mean, that's sixteen. That's the straight Holy Spirit chunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Jesus is going to be clear and plain about it, but it's only going to be understood with the guide. Yeah. I mean, like that is what the power of the Holy Spirit is. It's just that. It's that clarity. It's the comfort of the kingdom already and not yet. And we're in that in-between space of three and four. Mm. I don't know. When you hear it like that, how does it feel? The, the, the idea of the, got the spirit yeah. and the kingdom's not here. And, and there's a there, but it's a not yet. My, my mindset is... It's great. <laughs> right. I, well, no, it's just, it's simple in that because you look at it and we have God fully in us, guiding us to to carry over into this final moment, whether we're here on earth or whether we're yeah. witnessing this, yeah. of this return of Jesus. And I don't think it's going to be profound just for the people the smallings of us on on this rock yeah. here, uh, it'll just be looked upon so reverently from angels to demons. Yeah. And it, it, it's that powerful. But my, my logic is we have the spirit right now, which is absolutely wonderful. You think about it as like if it were providing clarity, it's like if, if you were in the mountains, right, and it's a bright sunny day reflecting off the snow, the spirit is like putting on your ski goggles. You know, like you're so overwhelmed, you know that the light is there. You're like, holy cow, Jesus, I know you're doing something crazy. 
The Holy Spirit is like goggles. It's like goggles. So you were like, oh wow, like this is what I've been trying to see, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. It's been so strong. I've seen like kind of what's moving. I don't know what it was, and now I see what it is. And then we can see now. We can go about our journey down this slope. Have fun. Adventure. Adventure into it. Yeah. And then at the bottom, he's like the gatekeeper to the ski, <laughs> ski, ski lift <laughs> yeah or something. Well, I mean, that's a terrible analogy but i i kind of like but it's true like we're so at this point there's even still just so blinded like at yeah, the very end absolutely. by they know stuff is happening they're mourning they're running around looking in the tomb and whatnot like they're trying to see they're trying to make sense of it they're excited about it and the spirit's just clarity so that's wonderful that i'm I can say that I have clarity. That's, that's, I think that's a great metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Makes it, makes it, makes it, makes you want to go outside. That <laughs> kind of does. It makes you want to end this podcast. So that's a high note. We're walking off. Uh, thanks to CJ Duffy. You can find him at 310 North Clark. <laughs> Come by for rice and beans. Brother's making rice and beans, and you're invited. Uh, Eggs and potatoes, that's your other option. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.